0: Welcome back to these studies from the book of Proverbs. Let me take a moment to reiterate the foundation, and then we'll continue to build our knowledge from this book of God's wisdom for us. The beginning attitude is the fear of the Lord. Proverbs 1, 7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So this book of wisdom will find its place in the heart of people who respect God, who know who he is, trust him, seek to please him through being a disciple of Christ. It is hoped those who do not fully fear the Lord will be brought to that heart content by reading these sayings in the book of Proverbs. In the early chapters, we have studied three things stand out. 1. The father's son model of instruction. Often the format is a concerned father giving wise counsel to his son. 2. Throughout the early chapters, God's wisdom is personified as a female, and she is calling to us, inviting us to listen, learn, and live to glorify the Creator. 3. There is copious repetition in these early chapters— This repetition has value, reflects the importance of living wisely, and helps us understand the warnings urgently issued. With this class, we move into another phase of our study of Proverbs based now on topics. We've done some expository work in these early chapters, and we have summarized some sections of text. At this point, I'm going to reset our study of Proverbs in topical format. Some of the topics planned are the use of the tongue, humility and pride, family, friendship, money, excess, and other topics will be encountered with our planned studies continuing into June, the topics addressed in God's Book of Wisdom Proverbs. These studies will be very practical and simple, and for most of us, a review of topics we have previously studied. The subject of this lesson is the use of the tongue. Various proverbs seem to cluster around key topics, and one is communication, the use of the tongue. Here's where I want to start. I want to use two words. To introduce this study about words. I want to use two words to introduce this study about words. Words matter. I know when I was a boy in a small town neighborhood in school, there was that old saying repeated over and over again, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. It isn't true. Words matter. Not just in Proverbs, but before and after Proverbs, all through the Scripture, God has communicated to us about what we say, how we say it, attitudes, communication, even countenance. God has said all of that is important and he has certain expectations to guide us. Words matter. Let's think more about that. The Bible says that God made us in his image, Genesis 1:27. We are not God, but there are certain features or attributes of God he has granted to human beings. God communicates. He built into us that capacity to communicate. He didn't give this capacity to rocks or flowers or animals. God made us with the power to form ideas and communicate them. That means if God gave this gift, I must use it as he has directed. Every time there is generosity from God, and I'm a recipient of that generosity, I must use what God has given with responsibility to God. Words matter to god so words should matter to me i'm a child of god in scripture in proverbs and after proverbs the power of oral and written communication is discovered stated and should impress us proverbs 18:21 death and life are in the power of the tongue but i want to take you to a statement made in the new testament that should really impress us with what God expects of us through our words, our tongue. What did Jesus say? Matthew 12, 36. He said, For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. I'll tell you, folks, if we didn't have anything else What Jesus said ought to concern us deeply. Words matter. There is good and bad, right and wrong, when it comes to what we say and how we say it. Paul said, speak the truth in love. Proverbs helps us identify specifically words or manner of speaking to be carefully avoided. And I have five examples, and then after these five examples, I'll have two questions for us. Example number 1 is gossip. Proverbs 11:13 Whoever goes about slandering reveals secrets. Proverbs 16:28 A whisperer separates close friends. Proverbs 18 and verse 8 The words of a whisperer are like delicious morsels. They go down into the inner parts of the body. Now, there are a couple of ways you can tell if you're guilty of this. If you've heard something and you can't wait to share it, not good news, something appalling, at least that's what you heard. Then if you want to tell it, and when you tell it, You exaggerate. You add some dramatic flair. That's gossip. There is this immature joy of telling something sensational, having some little morsel of delicious information that may not be exactly accurate, but you want to tell it. It will arouse some attention. It will cause listeners to say things like, Oh, really? You don't mean it are you serious? I don't think we need a technical definition. We know what gossip is. But it doesn't honor God. It has no spiritual value. It can hurt innocent people. It can separate friends. The message of Proverbs is don't speak it and don't listen to it. In our digital age, don't type it or post it and don't forward it or share it. If we love negative information about other people, that doesn't reflect well on our character. If we love controversy, if we enjoy jokes and insults about people we don't like, if we don't speak up for people who are slandered, if we listen to gossip without interruption, remember what Jesus said, For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. Example number 2 angry words. Proverbs 12:16 The vexation of a fool is known at once. In the New International version, a fool shows his annoyance at once. In Proverbs 14:29 Whoever is slow to anger has great understanding, but he who has a hasty temper exalts folly. Proverbs 29:22 in the New International Version. An angry man stirs up dissension, and a hot-tempered one commits many sins. Throughout our journey through Proverbs, we have talked about that necessary pause before you say something or do something. Kind of like many of us heard when we were growing up, count to ten, calm down. Sometimes that may need to be 20 or 30, however long it takes to calm down. This is self-control. This is running those words through a filter of good discipline. This is a healthy consideration of consequences. This is a song we sing that needs to be more than just a tune stuck in our heads, angry words. Oh, let them never from my tongue unbridled slip. Pause. Let wisdom veto thoughts that could become sticks and stones. One man wrote, we need to see in our rash words razor blades flying out of our mouths right into the body of the other person. Example number three, perverse speech. Speech that is a bold contradiction to truth that distorts truth, minimizes sin. Proverbs 24, 24, whoever says to the wicked, you are in the right. Proverbs 2 and verse 12 describes a man of perverse speech to contradict the truth, distort the truth, minimize or glorify sin. Well, here's a vivid example in Proverbs 30 and verse 20. This is the way of the adulteress. She eats and wipes her mouth and says, I've done no wrong. Obviously, this describes one of the fools of Proverbs. Example number four, flattery. Flattery is like the smooth talk of the prostitute we studied back in chapter seven. Her seduction of the young man made it sound like he was the one she was looking for. Proverbs 26:28 A flattering mouth causes ruin. Flattery is insincere exaggeration. It sounds good to the hearer, but the motive is to gain something from the hearer. It happens in flirting, in affairs, in business deals, in families, in churches. It is a compliment that's exaggerated to gain advantage. There is a desired outcome behind the praise. Example number five, line. You may remember a passage we studied earlier in Proverbs 6, verses 16 to 19. I want to read that again. There are six things the Lord hates, seven that are detestable to him, haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked schemes, feet that are quick to rush into evil, a false witness who pours out lies, and a person who stirs up conflict in the community. Lying is repulsive to God. It should therefore be repulsive to us. So here is something to consider. If lying doesn't bother you, there's a problem right there. It really bothers God and should bother us, his children. Well, let me go at this from another direction. When we lie, that shows relationship. Who are liars related to? Well, Jesus said in John 8, 44, the devil is a liar and the father of lies. God is all about honesty. The devil is all about dishonesty. If lying is repulsive to God, it should be repulsive to us. Concerning several of these habits, I want to share this quotation with you that I found from a man named Rokes, R-O-U-X. I found this many years ago. He said, what is slander? a verdict of guilty pronounced in the absence of the accused with closed doors without defense or appeal by an interested and prejudiced judge. That says it so well. Someone might offer this argument, these warnings and condemnations are good, but if we only had a real example, we do. Jesus was perfectly disciplined in every word he spoke. Never sinned, never lied, no gossip or flattery. John 7:46, no one ever spoke like this man. All right, I have two questions for us. We've been working this subject from the negative, identifying sins of the tongue. Let's move over to the positive side with these two questions. Number one, does my speech generally set a good tone? Proverbs 12:25. anxiety in a man's heart weighs him down, but a good word makes him glad. Are you a person of that good word? In many of these proverbs, after the statement of condemnation, there is encouragement to do just the opposite. And so, don't lie, tell the truth. Don't gossip, delight in the truth, and conceal what should be concealed. Impulsive, irreverent, perverse speech is to be carefully avoided, while good speech that imparts grace and truth should be pursued. So I need to ask myself, does my speech set a good tone. When people listen to me talk, converse with me, what is their impression? But above that, what is God's impression? God's people should be known for their pure speech, honesty, maturity, self-control. The question is, does my speech set a good tone? Number two, does my speech impart knowledge? Proverbs 20 and verse 15, there is gold and abundance of costly stones, but the lips of knowledge are a precious jewel. Christians have a message greater than any speech content that circulates in the world. May I say that again? Christians have a message greater than any speech content in the world the gospel. We have something people need, knowledge, wisdom from the highest source. Does my speech impart knowledge? Listen to this from Proverbs 10 and verse 11, the mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life. Now, to all this I've said I want to add. Everything the Bible says about the good use of the tongue needs to be equally applied today to the keyboard, to social media and email. You know, years ago, before computer technology and cell phones and wired telephones, if you had some morsel of gossip or flattering or perverse speech, there was some pause. There had to be before you could get to the people. There was a time lag that was a blessing. You had time to think about what you would report. Today there is no time lag. You have a thought, and report or share that thought while you're forming the thought. If you're at a keyboard, the speed of Internet and cell phone communication enhances the temptation. So everything the Bible says about good attitude, maturity, communication needs to be applied to the keyboard. Social media, email, and texting. Remembering this, Jesus said, "For by your words you will be justified and by your words you will be condemned." Matthew 12:36. Uh, my sermon for Sunday night, May the 10th, takes this subject over to James chapter 3, and you can listen to that by visiting our website, lhmackallan.org. Look for that sermon on James chapter 3 that will be there, and it will be identified by the date, May the 10th. Thank you for listening.